Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park In 1975, writer Doug Minch and artist Don Perlin, in need of a villain powerful enough to subdue and capture a werewolf, created a throwaway character they called the Moon Knight. 47 years later, Moon Knight is a hero who punishes evildoers despite battling with dissociative identity disorder. He is the Fist of Khonshu, the avatar of an Egyptian moon god, and the star of his own self-titled six-issue miniseries on Disney+, Plus, set smack dab in the middle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What follows is the second part in a multi-part series of episodes in which I look at the publishing history of Moon Knight in Marvel Comics to see how the character went from a minor villain in a book about a werewolf to the complex multifaceted hero with enough pull to headline his own TV show. This, dear listeners, is Moon Knight Part 2, The Crushing Conquer Lord, which sounds really stupid when you say it out loud. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers, along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that just got a new hat. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and before we get into the thick of things here, I want to take a minute to talk about a couple of podcasting anniversaries I got coming up. In fact, I've put a little something together that I'd like to play for you. It's on cassette tape, and I'm not really sure why, but here, let me just put it in the tape player and press play. Almost 16 years ago, an average yet super awesome fanboy sat down in front of a crappy little microphone and recorded a really bad podcast episode. That fanboy, well, surprise, surprise, that was me. The podcast was just another fanboy, and the first episode posted on August 8, 2006, and I continued making episodes until I hung up the mic for good after publishing episode 131 on May 16th, 2009. Then, 10 years later, on August 29th, 2019, I came out of retirement and launched volume two 
of Just Another Fanboy, which means we got two anniversaries to celebrate, folks. On Monday, August the 8th, we're going to celebrate Just Another Fanboy turning 16. Sure, I wasn't podcasting for 10 years right in the middle of those 16, but it still counts. After that, on Monday, August the 29th, we celebrate three years of Just Another Fanboy Volume 2. And here's the thing, folks. I want you to help me celebrate. I'd like to do an episode in August that is built around your emails, your texts, and your voicemails. 785-318-6673 is the phone number. Justanotherfanboy at gmail.com is the email address. And send me something. You have until the end of the day, Friday, August 12th, to email or call or text. That's the deadline. You can ask me questions. You can share your favorite moments from the show. You can tell me that you like eggs or, you know, whatever. Just send me something so that we can build an episode together. Your deadline, once again, is the end of the day Friday, August 12th, and both the phone number and the email are in the show notes. I'm counting on you, folks. Don't make me cry. Sixteen years, folks. I mean, really, it's three years, ten years off, then three more years, but whatever. It still counts as sixteen years. Anyway, back to the subject at hand, and that subject is Moon Knight. So back in April, on uh, episode number 257, I looked at Moon Knight's debut in Werewolf by Night, issues 32 and 33. Those came out in uh, 1975. The character would then stay on the shelf, as they say, for for almost a year until Marvel decided that they wanted to give this guy another chance. And so he showed up headlining his own story in Marvel Spotlight issues number 28 and 29. Now, I'm just going to be talking about issue 28. We'll get to issue 29 in part three, which has yet to be scheduled, but it's coming. So we're just talking about issue 28, which has a cover date of June 1976, but it hit the stands on March 9th, 1976. It was written by Doug Minch with pencils and inks by Don Perlin. The colorist was Irene Vartanoff. Don't want to say that name too fast. I'm sorry. The little kid in me just just came out instantly because Vartanoff sounds a bit too close to farting off. Hey, kids, stop farting off out there and get back in here and do the dishes. I don't know if my parents ever said that to me, but it sounds like something a parent would say, right? Stop all that farting off! Anyway, it's V, as in Victor, farting off. Wow, that was a a really uh, immature, stupid uh, uh, tangent. I almost said segue, but that's that little two-wheeled cart. Anyway, the letterer was Irv Watanabe, and the editor was Marv Wolfman. So, I should mention real quick, that if you've never seen any of these uh, original Moon Knight tales, if you hadn't uh, read those two Werewolf by Night issues I talked about in April, if you haven't seen this Marvel Spotlight issue, Moon Knight does look just a bit different. Different? Differently? I, you know what? I don't know. He, he He's still in the, the, the all-white. Well, actually, it's not all-white. His pants actually have black on the insides. He's, he's, he's in... They they call it silver, but they they couldn't really do silver back in the day. 
as far as coloring was concerned, they do a white with like a kind of a shade of blue shades on it to come off as a silver. This is this a studio. Uh, so it's black and silver. And I was actually quite taken aback when I first read them describe it as black and silver, because I've always just considered the black just shadows, you know, just de- de- defining the muscles and the shadows, whatnot, and, and all that. And then some um, on his, you know, his his figure. Uh, but as soon as they said in the book, in the issue, they refer to his silver and black costume. That's what I noticed. No, the the pants, the the inside from the crotch down to the boots, the insides of the pant legs are solid black. Uh, his cape is very short. He's got a short little half cape that goes down to about the small of his back. And the corners of the cape are attached to his silver gauntlets. And of course, he uses the the, the cape as a kind of like a sail. It catches the, the air when he leaps from buildings and all that. And it helps him kind of float around and stuff. But in his first appearance, as I mentioned in Werewolf by Night, he was considered a villain, a mercenary for hire, but he was the villain of the piece. Well, we start out this issue. He is just, he's a straight up hero. We're, we're in Manhattan in an alley in Manhattan and they describe the alley as crawling with night, but there's seven guys in black. They, they say they're dressed in black, but it's, black with purple highlights so they they look purple they they look like a, a bunch of purple dudes with balaclavas on those are ski masks and they're breaking into a, a building and uh, the door they're actually trying to get through has the has the words do not enter on the front of it and moon knight swoops down from a rooftop and starts kicking their butts now the title to this s- story to the issue uh the story in this issue let me try to get that together in my mind and say it in a, in a coherent fashion. The title to the story in this issue is The Crushing Conquer Lord, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And it's conquer as in a C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, like Kang the Conqueror. But this guy is, is just, he's not the conqueror. He is the conquer lord. And again, that sounds so stupid when you say it out loud. Conquer, it's like a, it's like a, a conch shell. Uh, you know, that guy, he's a real conquer, isn't he? So <laughs> such a stupid name. And when, when we get to this guy, I mean, I would urge you, especially if you have the Marvel app, I really urge you just to at least at the bare minimum flip through this issue just so you can see the conquer Lord because he's ridiculous looking. And there's no way I'm going to be able to describe him in any fashion here through audio. That's, that's, that's really going to do the uh the look uh, of this character uh, any justice he just looks ridiculous so moon knight's fighting these seven guys in the alley uh as he's doing this we're at where the the camera or the scene is actually switching back and forth between moon knight fighting these dudes and the uh like palatial mansion of stephen grant out on long island and we meet a couple of people that work for stephen grant one dude who, uh, good Lord, you got to just ask the guy the question, why the long face? Because this dude has a seriously long face. Their their names are Samuel and Merkins. Uh, apparently Merkins is from Merka. I'm not, <laughs> I can't be too sure about that, but M-E-R-K-I-N-S, Merkins. And Merkins is really, he, he wants to know where, 
where uh, Mr. Grant is and uh, Merkins is the valet and Samuel, uh, who is the butler, is basically telling him to telling Merkins to mind his own business. We also meet Marlene Fontaine, who is uh, Stephen Grant's assistant, but also his lover in the nighttime. And uh, in hindsight, I know that Stephen Grant is Moon Knight, but we'll learn more of that as we continue with the story. Um, we also get some scenes from uh, a taxi cab company in Brooklyn, wondering where a dude named Lockley is, who is late for his shift. And again, all this is happening while Moon Knight is uh, beating up these seven guys. So he, he, he beats him up. He leaves him in the alley. His compadre Frenchie, who is a Frenchman, I don't know if you got that from the dude's name, but he's a Frenchman who chews on a matchstick and he flies the Moon Knight's helicopter. And that's kind of how Moon Knight gets around the city. Uh, Frenchie drops a ladder from the bottom of the helicopter and Moon Knight just jumps on and, and climbs into the helicopter. And that's how he gets around. Well, he leaves these thugs, uh, these, these robbers in the alley to, uh, for, for the police to collect. And then we suddenly shift scenes again and we meet a couple of characters who are obviously up to no good. Their names are Weasel and Mr. Quinn. And I'll let you decide which one is the, the leader and which one is the lackey. Mr. Quinn, we only see in shadow. We, we, they basically shadow his face, but he's wearing some kind of purple robe with a yellow stripe and he's got a couple of rats with him and he's, he's, Wherever this dude goes in this comic book, he the, the two rats are with him. They're on his shoulders. They're crawling up and down his arms. He's holding one, you know, he's holding them in his hands, but he apparently he's very attached the, to these two rats. Well, we get more of this, this, you know, what they, they keep doing in this book is they're, they're rapidly going from scene to scene. They, they have, uh, for example, the very opening of the book, you had two scenes going on at the same time which was one was Moon Knight beating up the thugs in the alley. And the other scene was the, the, the three people that work for Stephen Grant wondering where Stephen Grant is. And it's just going back and forth. You get a couple of panels from one scene, a couple of panels from the other scene, and it just goes back and forth. And we're, this, this kind of continues throughout the issue. And we're getting that uh, here as well. And the two scenes we have are Weasel and Mr. Quinn uh, conferring in a shadowy office layer of some sort as the cops show up to collect these seven guys in the alley. So rather than just jumping back and forth between the two scenes, I will tell you that we learn from Quinn and Weasel a number of things. One, uh, Mr. Quinn is behind the seven guys trying to break into this, um, this building. The building houses uh, many offices, but one of them is the office of a uh, the the mayor or, a, or or somebody running for mayor? And um, Quinn has set this up to look kind of like a Watergate type of deal to make it look as if the current mayor uh, hired these guys to break in and and gather dirt on the guy that's running against him, so that Quinn can then install his own uh, puppet mayor. Basically, um, Weasel is well. We also learn that. 
while Weasel refers to Mr. Quinn as Mr. Quinn, he doesn't want to be called Mr. Quinn, and he tells Weasel to knock it off, and that he is not to be called Mr. Quinn or Boss or anything other than the name that he has chosen, which is Conquer Lord. And it's actually in this scene where he says Conqueror Lord. It's like I got really confused at one point because I, I as I'm reading this story, you know, the the opening says Conquer Lord. He says Conqueror Lord here on like the, the third or fourth page. But then Weasel responds uh, Conquer Lord and then it's Conquer Lord for the rest of it. So the first time just obviously must have been a typo. And frankly, had this been done digitally, I would have I would have uh, put it down to spell check, basically. But yeah, somebody somebody put in Conqueror Lord when it should have been Conquer Lord, which is just, again, really stupid. We get to see more of what Mr. Quinn is wearing. And again, he, he's not in his supervillain costume yet. He's not in his Conquer Lord costume, which we will get to later. Uh, but he's already looking ridiculous. He has this like purple shirt on uh, with uh, it's like a short sleeve wide sleeved shirt with a big yellow V on the front and the back yellow around the sleeves yellow around the bottom of the shirt he's bald he has either it's just a trick of the shadows or a coloring mistake but it looks like he has one white eyebrow and one black eyebrow he's wearing these pants that are very kind of like pants that that a pilot might wear in the 20s where they flare out on the sides around the 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 thighs and then he's got these blue boots. He just, he looks ridiculous. Uh, but he's there with Weasel, who is providing basically a, a, a brief on this guy, Moon Knight. And he reveals, uh, based on what information he has gathered and information they bought from the quote unquote committee. You remember the committee is from the, uh, Werewolf by Night issues. They're the, the group that hired Moon Knight to capture Werewolf by Night for them. So we kind of learn here that uh, through this debriefing that Moon Knight is Stephen Grant. He also has two other identities, uh, Cabby Jake Lockley and Soldier of Fortune Mark Spector. And we also learn that the Moon Knight that we met in Werewolf by Night while he was a villain in the story, he's not really a bad guy. He is a mercenary. And over the years, he had been, you know, working as a mercenary, getting big paychecks as a mercenary. And once he had gotten enough money, he stopped being a mercenary and set himself up with this million, you know, this fortune of millions as millionaire Stephen Grant and uh, now just fights crime. So. Basically, what I read is that at some point, uh, Marv Wolfman and uh, Len Wein over at Marvel, they they kind of really liked the character of Moon Knight, and they wanted to bring him really kind of into the Marvel uh, universe as a hero. And so that's what they're doing here with this this story in, in Marvel Spotlight 28. Well, I'm, I'm really dragging this out, but we also learn here in these two scenes between the cops gathering up the thugs in the alley and um conquer lord talking to weasel that uh again conquer lord hired these guys to break into this building but all these all seven of these guys are actually cops they're dirty cops and uh once weasel finishes his debriefing 
conquer lord asks him you know does anybody else know about this information do they know moon knight's true identity and all that stuff and weasel tells him well you know again i got some of this stuff from the committee but other than that only you and i know this information and so conquer lord kills uh kills weasel and he doesn't again this is so ridiculous it's you know it's just one of the things about the 70s that i love he uh presses a button on his desk and a gun barrel comes out of the front of the desk shoots weasel who falls backwards into a pit that opens up in the floor and the pit is filled with water and crocodiles (laughs) so it's not enough that he shoots him throws him into a pit he is also eaten by crocodiles so we go back to moon knight who is still hanging from the ladder on the helicopter it's the the thing i i you know one of the many things i i find funny about the the old Moon Knight stories here that I've read so far is that, you know, Frenchie comes along and picks Moon Knight up with the with the ladder, but he never climbs up the ladder and gets into the helicopter. They just fly around the city with him hanging from this ladder that's hanging from a helicopter, which the, the helicopter looks very bug like. But apparently they've just been hovering there in in the air above this alley because it's around this time that Moon Knight notices the two uniformed officers who have come to collect. No, wait, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this totally wrong. Um, he comes across the two officers, but they've, they've already collected the seven bad guys or the, the seven criminals who are actually cops. Um, and Moon Knight goes down to tell these two dudes, you know, just to let them know where this, he doesn't know. He, he has no idea that these cops have already rounded up the the seven dudes that he beat up so he's like hey frenchy there's a couple of uniformed police officers down there i'm gonna i'm gonna jump down and let them know where to find the the seven dudes that were trying to break into that building uh so they see the cops see moon knight swooping down out uh, uh you know to them on top of them basically out of the night and they know that it was moon knight that took out these seven cops because one of his his little moon-shaped throwing knives was uh, embedded into one of the walls. So they see Moon Knight swooping down on them, and they're like, ah, oh, Moon Knight's come to attack us as well, and so they start shooting at him. And uh, Moon Knight had been planning on going back to the, to the mansion, but he wanted to talk to these cops, and they start shooting at him. And so he, he calls to Frenchie, who, who swings the ladder back to him, and he, he latches onto the ladder, and they go flying off. Well... We go back to to Conquer Lord, who is uh, in a rage because he has just learned that the seven men, the seven cops that he had hired, had failed. And uh, he takes out his rage by destroying his desk as he slaps one of his lackeys across the room. And both rats are on his are, are on each shoulder, and they're hanging on for dear life as he's raging around this room. And so that's when he puts his costume on. He basically decides he's like, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. And uh, so what he's going to do is go kill the mayor, basically. <laughs> and so he puts on his Conquer Lord costume. And again, I'm I don't even think I'm going to try to describe it because it is there. It's so ridiculous looking. It's orange and yellow and blue. And there's a skull on it on the belt. He's got these flares coming off of his gloves. It's just an ugly ugly looking costume and i don't know if this guy uh made it beyond this story 
uh, which does has a cl- it does have a cliffhanger at the end of this uh, this issue. So again, we'll get to the next issue in part three. But yeah, what a what a horrible looking bad guy. And I mean, not as in like, oh, he's horrific. He's scary looking. He's just dumb looking. He's dumb. I like Don Perlin as an artist. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff he's done from this time, but if he designed that, that costume, I, I don't know. He, he designed the, the Moon Knight costume, I'm assuming, because he and Doug Mensch created Moon Knight. So we know that he can create cool looking stuff, but man, Conquer Lord, stupid name, stupid look. Uh, I, I, I hope he does not survive this story because I just, oh man, terrible, terrible character. So, Moon Knight arrives back at Stephen Grant's mansion uh, to find Marlene waiting for him in the master bedroom. She's there because they got a date tonight. They're going to the mayor's fundraising campaign dinner thing. And uh, Stephen Grant, he, or Moon Knight Grant, basically tells her, nope, sorry, we can't go. I'm, I'm, I got to break the date because I've got to become Jake Lockley and go find out some information. Uh, you know, I got to hit the streets and get information on on these seven guys that tried to break into this building because I got to find out what's going on. And so that's that's who his Jake Lockley persona is. He's he's the guy that's out on the streets who, uh, you know, has his ear to the ground and and he he learns uh, he, he gathers information. That's that's who Stephen Lockley is. And he goes to a, a, a diner called The Other Place where he meets two of his contacts. One is a, a waitress. At the diner, Gina, who informs him, basically tells him why cops would be attacking Moon Knight. He, you know, Lockley asks her, hey, you got any idea why uh, cops would attack this vigilante guy, the Moon Knight? And she tells him about um, somebody who had come in just a few minutes ago, a cop who is a a regular, and uh, told her that Moon Knight had actually attacked some cops. Well, then he wants to know why somebody would want to rob the uh, the the candidate who's running against the mayor. And she doesn't know. She doesn't really have any information on that. But she's as she's telling him, I don't really I'm not I'm not really you know, I can't really answer that. But here comes somebody who can. And this is when we meet the character of Crawley. And he is he's a very shabby looking, homeless looking dude who's got. Uh, I mean, he looks like he's been sleeping on the streets. He and, and he's just very shabby looking. And uh, he but he knows a lot of stuff, As you know, as these flies are buzzing around him. He is um, very connected to the underworld. And, and and he's the one that tells Lockley all about Conquer Lord and uh, wanting to defeat the mayor so that he could put his own uh, puppet mayor in his place and that. He's the one that hired these guys to go in and make it look like the mayor had hide the, hired these guys to dig up dirt on his op, uh, on the opposition. And and uh, this this dude knows a lot of stuff. And this I'm not sure how I feel about this scene because it just seemed too easy. You know, it's like uh, uh, he, he has this this identity as, as Jake Lockley so he can go hit the streets and get information. And really, all he does is go to a diner. And he, he he's there for maybe three minutes and he has everything he needs uh, to to get back out there and get the job done. And I, I don't know. I, it was too easy. It was too simple. He didn't have to do any detective work. He didn't have to go, you know, hunt down a bunch of different informants and try to, you know, beat any information out of them or anything. 
he just goes to a diner, uh, meets up with a couple of people that he knows, and they tell him everything that he needs to know. Uh, but it's through this that he realizes he needs to go to the the mayor's dinner party fundraising thing because Conquer Lord is going to be there to 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 assassinate him, the the mayor. And so Lockley calls Marlene and says, "Hey, I got my tux in the trunk of the cab. Looks like we're going to the the dinner party thing after all." Uh, but he lets her know that they're just there so he can figure out what's going on and, and stop the bad guys from doing the bad things. And, and yeah, he finds, um, conquer Lord, uh, getting ready to shoot the mayor through a window. And frankly, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I, I left out a really big piece of the puzzle here because I completely forgot to talk about when weasel was doing the moon Knight debriefing with conquer Lord. One of the things he talks about is that uh, this rumor that Moon Knight fought a werewolf and he actually shows a picture up on a, a screen, you know, from a slideshow. And he he thinks that the picture is fake and that the story is fake. But the rumor is, is that the Moon Knight fought a werewolf and during their fight, the werewolf bit him, but it didn't turn the Moon Knight into a werewolf. Uh, but it did give him uh, the strength of a werewolf, which based on what Moon Knight says at one point during this story, when when he's he's uh, casing the uh, the mayor's place looking for Conquer Lord, he mentions that it's only a quarter moon. And so his strength won't be a, as much as it would be during a full moon. So the story that Weasel thought was fake was a true story. He he has the the strength and stamina of a werewolf because of being bitten by this werewolf, but it only comes out when the moon is out. And the fuller the moon, the stronger he is. And I recently read, and we'll get to these issues eventually, but I, I recently read a six-part miniseries. It wasn't even a miniseries. It was supposed to be a regular series that they canceled after uh, six issues in which he is given these this these super strength powers that is only activated when the moon is out. So I just assumed after when I read that because it was the only Moon Knight story I'd really ever read, or the 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 oldest Moon Knight story I'd ever read at that point. I, I grew up with this six issue uh, Moon Knight Fist of Conchu series and. I just had the assumption that up until that point, he was just a regular guy. But apparently, uh, in his first solo adventure, we learn that he does have these superpowers that manifest when the moon is out. But because they made such a big deal of it in this six issue series from the, from the eighties that, uh, you know, they, they, they brought it to the series as if it was something that was new makes me feel like at some point they take those powers away from him. So. We'll have to, you know, you and I, as we're, we're reading these, dear listener, we'll have to pay attention and, and look for that. So Moon Knight stops Conquer Lord from assassinating the, the mayor. They start fighting. Marlene is there because, you know, she came to the party with Stephen Grant. Um, these thugs in masks, the same ones are wearing the same outfits as the guys that tried to break into this uh this building at the beginning of the the book there's a bunch of them that crash the party and hold everybody hostage marlene's with them but she beats up the guy that's covering her with a gun and uh you know she's obviously a pr proficient in the martial arts 
and she jumps out a window and she goes to help Moon Knight. Uh, but she just ends up getting in the way because she's a woman. And uh, Conquer Lord takes advantage of the fact that she's there and takes her as a hostage and uses her as a bargaining chip, basically, so that he can get away uh, because she's a woman. And that's all women are good for when it comes to these kind of stories. And uh, Moon Knight has to let him go. And that's when we learn as the issue's ending, you know, he's Moon Knight's kind of upset. He's like, gosh, darn it. I have to let the bad guy go. But you know what? I stopped him from killing the mayor. And it's at that point that somebody shouts out, help, my God, help. And Moon Knight turns around and looks up into the window where the mayor was. Uh, Conquer Lord had been on a rooftop and was going to shoot the mayor through that window. He looks up and, and, and looking out the window is the mayor's butler who's yelling, somebody help for God's sake, the mayor's been shot. And that's when we get next with the mayor dying and Marlene dangling over the terrible jaws of death. The Moon Knight must battle Conquer Lord and the most bizarre dual adventure fiction has ever seen. Be here in 60 days for the deadly gambit of Conquer Lord. And so that's how this issue ends. Uh, I will say that I'm 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 really quite disappointed in in how Moon Knight, uh, how his story began with Marvel Comics, his first appearance as a bad guy fighting a werewolf. And then his first solo adventure is just it's not great. It's not a great story. Uh, I'm assuming the second part to this in issue 29 of Marvel Spotlight again, is not going to be a great story. I'm looking at the cover to it right now where Moon Knight holding an axe is uh, battling Conquer Lord who is smashing Moon Knight's axe with a, a freaking flail. And they're on a life-size chessboard and the chess pieces are blowing fire at Moon Knight. And Conquer Lord is saying, you are but a pawn in Conquer Lord's master plan. And a pawn is doomed to die. It just... <laughs> It looks ridiculous and it is fun. It's a fun ridiculous, but at the same time, it's a real, it's a real groaner. It just makes me groan and, and cringe as I'm reading this, as, as, as I read this story. And, and, uh, yeah, his, uh, his, his humble beginnings are, are very terrible. I'll just say that. But that's where we are with Moon Knight. This is where he was in 1976, his, his first solo adventure. Um, it's yeah, again, it's not great, but apparently it did well enough because the guy's still around today. He's a very popular character. Um, and the art was 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 fine. You know, it's it's 1976. It's Don Perlin. It's what you would expect, but it's uh, it's very well done. You know, it always feels like kind of a cop out when the only good thing I can say about the art is that there was no point during this issue that I got confused about what was going on and I was able to follow the story um, rather easily. But you know what? There's a lot of a lot of these newfangled books these days and, uh, you know, a lot of the books from the 90s that the the choice that the artist makes as far as what is happening in the panels and how the panels flow from from one panel to the other, not always great. And I, as I'm getting older, can can get rather confused sometimes in some of the newer comics about what's going on and and uh, trying to figure out what exactly is that character doing in that panel? That makes absolutely no sense. What a, what is it that they're trying to accomplish? And, you know, didn't feel that at all. 
throughout this entire issue, uh, regardless of how horrible the villain looked and how, uh, I don't want to say silly, but Moon Knight's costume is not, it's not where it's going to end up being. Once, once his regular title starts and Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, really starts to put his stamp on Moon Knight, that's when the, the look of the character really starts to shine. I can't speak to the story because I haven't read him, but, uh, so far, Moon Knight's history from battling a werewolf to battling a, a dude named Conquer Lord. Uh, yeah, not great. That's all I'm going to say. So we'll get into uh, issue number 29 of Marvel Spotlight when we do part three. Again, it's not scheduled at this point, but we'll get there just like we'll eventually get to another ep- uh, episode where I talk about ElfQuest and G.I. Joe and, and, and all that stuff. We'll get there, folks. We'll get there. Until then... I'll just say goodbye, folks. My name's Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. And uh, you know what? Don't forget, Friday, August 12th, end of the day, send me your emails, send me your voicemails, send me your texts, ask me anything. Let's build an episode together. And uh, yeah, let me, I'll just, I, I have to say it again. Be nice to each other. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Just Another Fanboy podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 785-318-6673 or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. Make sure you join the Stephen Says Stuff newsletter, a free substack at list.justanotherfanboy.com where I will send every single podcast episode I create right to your inbox the morning of release. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stevenrr and get episodes just like this one a week before anyone else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.